Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast after another Illinois basketball home victory. Now 5-0, and just the second time uh, they've been in the State Farm Center this December. But another victory, 69-60 to over Indiana. Brad Underwood, after that Penn State game, was asking, where's all the Big Ten slugfest? Well, Derek Piper, we got one today, and uh, Illinois just had a few more punches in them, and they had the best heavyweights out there on the court with Io DeSumo scoring. 18 points over the last nine minutes. What are your biggest takeaways from this one, Dave? Yeah, like you said, uh, Iowa outscores Indiana by himself the final 10 minutes, 18 to 11. Uh, Kofi, who had a slow start, didn't get his first basket until about three minutes left in the first half, uh, had a, did a great job defensively because Trace Jackson goes, Trace Jackson Davis goes three for 13. Kofi with 15 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is one of the best as far as second chance opportunities. He didn't have an offensive rebound in this game. Uh, Curbelo was the difference maker uh, really early on where Illinois needed that spark. They got down 6-1 to one or whatever it was, really having a hard time scoring in those first few possessions. And he just opens so many things up with, with his attacking style, his, his ability to get in the lane and all that. So uh, that, that was really impressive. But, yeah, it, a grinded out kind of game was coming. You're not going to continue to average 92 points in Big Ten play. But um, good job for Illinois down the stretch to be able to execute when things got tough. And yeah, a few more, a few more punches to throw. And, and they're the they're the better team. They're the more talented team, especially with their offensive weapons. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of game where I thought Illinois. Why I picked them to win the Big Ten because I felt like they had so many different ways of winning because they can play up-tempo and play with teams like Iowa or now I guess Penn State kind of plays that way. Uh, and they can get down and dirty and win these games because even if they're not hitting shots from the outside like tonight early on, they have the interior of Kofi Coburn. I'll throw Georgie Bashanishvili in there as well where they can find a way to manufacture points. Iota Sumu getting the rim can do that. Andre Corbello breaking down a defense in the half court is able to do that. So... I think I'm really encouraged by this victory, even though at times it was in jeopardy, Derek, because this is these are the kind of games that if you're going to win the Big Ten, you got to win games all different types of ways. We know Wisconsin wins like this all the time. We know Iowa wins like you did against Penn State and, you know, the way Rutgers beat you. But if you can do this, you're going to win possibly two-thirds or three-quarters of your games and be in the Big Ten title hunt. Yeah, it's a great point, and you're probably going to have another one similar to this against Purdue. Uh, this is kind of how Purdue likes to play. Northwestern's going to kind of muck it up and uh, try to slow you down and, and limit those fast break opportunities and, and limit the possessions, really, and make you execute in the offensive half court. And uh, Indiana did give Illinois some problems. They blitzed ball screens. They uh, tried to throw a lot of congestion in the lane, both for Io and for Kofi, and uh Outside of DeMonte Williams is really the only one who was able to make them pay for hitting shots in the corner. But, yeah, defensively they were able to, to give Trace Jackson Davis problems, and really Armand Franklin was the only one that hurt them consistently throughout the game. So uh, being able to, to get after on the glass, to be plus 12 on the glass, uh, be able to put the ball in Iowa's hands late and, and, yeah, defensively get enough stops because for as pretty as the offense has been, you've given up 91 to Rutgers and – 80-plus to Penn State. I know it was high-possession ball games, but that's not what's going to get it done over the course of the season. I don't know exactly when Iowa clock is, but it's right around what would be the fourth quarter, right? In, yeah. in any other sport, in basketball now, we have four quarters. When it turns to the fourth quarter, the last 10 minutes of the game, Io DeSumo knows it's his time. Brad Underwood knows it's his time. He tells him it in the huddle today, and his teammates know it. Uh, you heard Georgie at one point 
yell at his team, get Io the ball, because he just takes over. And it's it's amazing, Derek. 18 points over the last 9-19 today. He had 13 points in a four-minute stretch that completely turned the game. Uh, Illinois went on a 16-3 run during it. Uh, and then against Penn State, 15 points in seven minutes. Um, how is he able to do that? Because we keep writing about it because he keeps doing it, but we have to keep writing about it, Derek, because it's so special what we're watching. How was he able uh, to take over games like this? I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. It's something that we clearly have seen time and again. He, he gets in that mode where uh, he just is able to, to believe that he's not going to be stopped, and that's kind of the, the bottom line to it. Uh, he had a fortunate bounce come to him. I think that was the one late. Uh, two minutes and didn't panic as the shot clock was was running down just picks up the ball and, and puts it in from three at three threes in that final nine minute stretch as you mentioned and uh, yeah you, you just notice when one or two go in or, or just even if it does even if it's just putting the ball in his hands uh, to make one of those big plays down the stretch he just wants that moment he's confident in himself uh, he has certain spots on the floor that he's w really comfortable with. The mid-range is one of those. and uh, But today it was from three or getting to the rim. And uh, he had that little that's that run there where he makes a couple in a row and he's pointing to the bench and you know it's just over if you're the, if you're the opponent because he's just so confident. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's who he is. And I tell you what, uh, he's looking good coming back because he's shooting now 44% from three. And I uh, just looked at the updated Kempom, number two in their National Player of the Year candidates. Behind Garza, now jumps ahead of Trace Jackson Davis just by a smidge. Then you get guys like Drew Timmy, Jared Butler, Baylor, who we saw. Wasn't that great against Illinois, but he's really good. And Jalen Suggs, who's the freshman of the year right now, also at Gonzaga. So uh, he's a legit National Player of the Year candidate. And uh, the moments he's having, three games where he scored 30-plus points in the last five, uh, he just fills the box score so quickly. Uh, five assists, two, uh, two turnovers today. Uh, was pretty good defensively at times. But to 11 to 17 for 30 points, it's just he's special, man. And, and he's, he's the reason they have a chance to win the Big Ten, a big reason, and, and a chance to be a national title contender this year. Uh, but Kofi's another big reason. You said at 15 points, 15 rebounds. And Trace Jackson Davis, we're talking about him as a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate, National Player of the Year candidate, based on what he does. And, boy, is he really important in Indiana. But for the second straight year, Derek, um, Kofi just outplays him. Um, and, and that's encouraging to see. And I, I think you're going to struggle to find a better duo than I would assume on Kofi Coburn. And every night now during this recent stretch, you just see them produce and produce and produce. It was a similar game script for Kofi in this matchup last year where he gets off to a slow start. I think he only made one shot in the first half. Uh, against Trace Jackson Davis last year, uh, but over the course of 40 minutes, really is able to to get going and pose his will. And his physicality, you can tell, bothers Trace a little bit, uh, and, and doesn't allow him to to finish or uh, at the at the rate that he's accustomed to, or, or just challenges his shots to, uh, to to where he was not the factor that you normally expect him to be, in particular down the stretch. Now, Trace was good on the glass, too. He gets eight, eight rebounds, and uh, he blocked a, you know, three shots as well. But, All Kofi shots, too. Right, absolutely. So those are two of the best. You know, Throw Garza in there. Those, those are the best bigs in the Big Ten. But, yeah, for Kofi just to continue to rather routinely throw out those double-doubles and uh, his impact on the glass, again, we mentioned it, that the, 
the amount of second chance opportunities really weren't there for, for Indiana because Kofi was just going up and high point and playing with really, really good energy. And he continues to show. I mean, I'm, I'm still encouraged. There are a couple that he misses around the hoop, but the touch is, is improved for sure. The drop step's good. And uh, Georgie's did a good job getting him the ball when they did that, had that high-low action going. Let's talk about Georgie. Um, sophomore slump is behind him. I, I think we've seen enough of a, a sample size here. What's he shooting, 70-plus percent from the field this year? Defensively, I thought he was great against Trace Jackson Davis today. Davis made a couple really contested shots on Georgie, but Georgie made it really difficult for him. Uh, I don't think he had any he had one turnover today, uh, three rebounds. I just thought, you know, we've seen Georgie play at a high level, and, again, you have him and Kofi backing each other up or you got the opportunity to play those two guys together when it works against bigger teams you can bring Georgie and give you energy off the bench it's just that energy is working in a positive way for him this year when it felt like last year it it worked against him negatively what are the biggest strides you've seen or what's the biggest thing he's adding right now one of them like you said is limiting the, the turnovers limiting the mistakes he had one travel call uh in that second half that was his only giveaway other than that, it's just the, the patience and feel and confidence has come back in the post where he's able to go right hook, left hook, use a lot, utilize the footwork, and, and really just trust his game down there. Uh, and then he splashes a three. You know, it's it's his day when, when that's able to go. But, uh, yeah, in Big Ten play, I looked it up right before the pod, he's shooting 77% from the field, which is just ridiculous. Uh, and we know how much he struggled last year. But, yeah, I think the, the energy and focus – is there for sure defensively. I mean, he still has some lapses as far as defensive assignments or still maybe isn't the ideal guy you want on a five-man all the time. But uh, Trace being six foot nine, it was a decent matchup for him to guard in spots. And uh, he, he's just he's just bringing a lot of energy, a lot of focus, and uh, he's cleaned up some of those mistakes that were plaguing him last year. And then when you score the ball around the rim like he is, that's great value. And you're still, you know, 18 minutes. It's just really, really solid. All right, Derek, we'll take a quick break. When we do, let's bring up the big debate raging with Illini fans. That's next. All right, Derek, Andre Curbelo, plus 14 today. Uh, off the bench, five points, five assists, only two turnovers, six rebounds, and three steals. That's a big impact. They were much better with him on the court today, and you put it out there. 30 minutes is a uh, season high uh, for Andre Curbelo in an Illini uniform. Meanwhile, Adam Miller, I don't know if this is the season low for him, but 17, 18 minutes today, minus 13, 0 for 4 from 3. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have some bad night shooting. He doesn't seem to be all that confident, but there's just no other impact. Two turnovers, no assists, no points, no rebounds. Uh, he's in his head. I mean, he's obviously in his head, and every time Brad gets asked about it, I understand what Brad's doing. Brad's saying he's playing fine. You know, he, he just doesn't want Adam to get down on himself because he already knows Adam is down on himself. And Brad during the game is on him, but you can tell he's in a he's in a tough spot right now, and Brad's trying to find a way uh, to get him out of it. But that has brought up the debate. Do you start Andre Curbelo? Do you start him, even though he's been so good off the bench? But these slow starts, man, they're becoming a little bit of a trend, even though you keep winning these games. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting part of it. I, I still like... And this is, it feels very Felice like. And I thought that we might get into this conversation similar to to Andres last year, now Andre this year, where you're just a better team when, when that guy's on the court. Now, uh, if you can afford it, you like the punch off the bench and, and being able to kind of have that next wave 
you know, after the, the starting five get a few early minutes in there. But there's no doubt that Adam is is struggling. Uh, I still, you know, think he's going to be able to find it as we go along and, and still a talented shot maker. Uh, just some of the other mistakes, some defensive mistakes, which maybe we didn't see as much today. There was a couple of turnovers that were bad. Uh, and his shot selection can be dicey at times, but I think it's working for Cabela right now. If, if Brad's rationale was maybe to give Adam a little bit different look, I would be totally fine with that, and I think that that would be something maybe to look at. But uh, Cabela's in a good place, and as long as he's playing starter caliber minutes over the course of the game and he's, he's in that finishing group, then I think it's fine. You hit it on the head there. Um, last couple of games, I mean, Rutgers, you got in foul trouble. Otherwise, five last games, 27 against Missouri, 22 against Minnesota, and that was a blowout, right? So he didn't have to play much late. 16 against Rutgers was foul trouble. 27 against Penn State, 30 against Indiana. He's playing starters' minutes, and Miller's minutes are going down. I do think I would love to keep Curbelo coming off the bench, just like last year I loved when Felice uh, was coming off the bench because it just gives you that next wave of, hey, those starters are tired, or they don't have that kind of player in their second group, the opponents you got this guy who's one of your best players in the team coming off, and if you can afford it. But if you continue to have bad starts, if that leads to losses, then you worry about it. But it hasn't led to, led to losses here um, yet, and they found a way to overcome it. You see Adam Miller to snap out of it. But if this happens for five, six, seven more games, then I think I'm making that change. But I, I think Brad Underwood's going to stick with it for now. I think you will. Somewhat similar to last year when it got to a point of Georgie was just – excruciatingly struggling and needed something different coming off the bench. If that's something that plays into into account for, for Adam, then I understand doing that with Curbelo. And like you said, yeah, the, the slow starts. Uh, if you get down 16-2 to two against maybe a better team than Penn State, you, that's hard to come back from. But, uh, yeah, again, just the offense. And I think it is nice for Io, and Kofi brought it up in the – in the post game, or maybe I was talking about it, where early on the ball's in his hands, he's dictating some things, he's making those decisions. Then Curbelo comes in and, and Io kind of plays off, and uh, Curbelo's able to set things up for himself and for the, the big guys as well. So I, I like the dynamic, and I like them at, at, on the court quite a bit throughout the bulk of the game. But again, I know the message boards will be piling up with Star Curbelo, Twitter, and all that, and I get it, but uh, I think it's working right now. Yeah, I get it, and I think at some point it has to be a conversation if the struggles continue, but I agree with you, kind of the angle you took. I think it'd be more for Miller than for Curbelo um, because Miller just might need something different uh, coming up. All right, Derek, before we get out of here, i got two big questions for you. One, are you buying Northwestern? Is Northwestern good? They're 3-0 and and atop the Big Ten right now uh, after beating, what, Ohio State today? You got wins over, let's see, Ohio State, Indiana, and Indiana not that impressive so far to start Big Ten play. Uh, so Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana. Is Northwestern good? I have no idea. I, I need to watch them more. I didn't get a chance to see the game. I saw some the, the closing clips today against Ohio State. It looked like today was Miller Cops Day. Now they have some decent players. Cops a decent player. Boo Booey's a good player. Uh, They're gonna be ranked next week. Yeah. That's wild. I, I don't know. I, I need to see more. I'm not a huge, not a big believer in them, at least as far as what the roster looks like. But they, they're playing good, good basketball, and, and to be able to handle Michigan State like that, uh, that, that says something. Credit to Chris Collins. Their stretch coming up is at Iowa, at Michigan, home against Illinois, at Ohio State, home against Iowa. Those are five top 16 Ken Palm teams, their next five. 
if they win two of those, I will say they are legit. But Chris Collins certainly uh, is the front runner for Coach of the Year right now. Okay, Derek, here's another question I have. Who's the best team in the Big Ten right now? <laughs> That's difficult. That is- I think we have four or five really, really good teams. Like I, I sit there and think we have five Big Ten title contenders, and it's the four teams we thought coming in, which would be Iowa, Illinois, uh, Michigan State, and I know they're 0-2 right now, but I still think they can get back into it. Um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, and then I think you got the Rutgers into there uh, at this point, even though uh, they lost uh, what was it, Penn State or whatever it was. Um, so who is the best team? I, I guess we'll give it to Wisconsin right now. I, I mean, you and I both picked Illinois to win the Big Ten, and I'm not moving off of that if you were to, to ask me if I'm recalibrating or, or anything like that. Uh, Wisconsin goes and gets a nice win in East Lansing uh, on Christmas Day. They haven't lost a Big Ten game yet. The one loss is to Marquette on that, that tip in late. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. I still like Illinois' offensive ceiling so much better than Wisconsin. And if Illinois can play defense like they did today and do some of that, I, I, I think they'll come into what I ultimately think uh, this team will be. But I'll give the nod to Wisconsin. I would have said Rutgers if they would have not blown that lead at at Ohio, yeah, it was Ohio State. State. Yep. Uh, I liked what I was really seeing from them, and, you know, I was not going away either. So, who do you, who do you like? Uh, I would go the most consistent team right now is probably Wisconsin, right? Um, so, I think at this point, they do what they do so well. They do it every night. So, if I had to pick right now who has the most wins at the end of the year, it's probably Wisconsin because we know what we're going to get from them every night. I still think you asked me this question in three weeks, I think it might be Illinois. Because the stretch they have coming up, um, they have a chance to really blow it open here and take an early lead, right? And they need to, given the schedule they have later on. I mean, you got home against Purdue, at Northwestern, home against Maryland, away at Nebraska, Ohio State at home, Penn State at home. That, that is a stretch where, if we're looking at this in a couple weeks, if they have more than one red line on Ken Palm, I think you're disappointed. Right, I mean, this is a really big stretch for Illinois. And if they win five to six or they win all six, I think then we'll be sitting there going, okay, they took care of business. They have a, a decent lead now for the Big Ten. Now we can see if they can win at Michigan State, win at home against Iowa, win on the road at Indiana, win at home against Wisconsin. Then we'll find out. But um, I, I think there's a big opportunity for Illinois to kind of stretch and get a lead on some of these teams they're going to be competing with. Yeah, it's huge. And then when you can combine that with you hope as a team over that stretch, you're, you're getting better, you're progressing. Maybe Adam starts to work through some things, get some experience. Uh, Carbello's still, you know, just building on what he's able to do. Can Jacob Grandison, who wasn't very good today, but uh, can he start to be a little bit more consistent? Uh, the, the whole process of what we saw out of last year's team was just month by month, they got better. Can you do that and then just clean up right now with this early slate so that, you know, when you play Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana again, uh, that, you're, that you're at the top and, and able to, to fight to hold that spot. So, yeah, we talked about a lot, just the, the favorable early stretch, the favorable overall, the, the single plays and all of that. This is your time to, to clean up there and, and be battling from the top the rest of the way. All right, Illinois gets a week off. I think it's a much-needed week off after all these games and so many days, all this travel that they've had. But this puts an end to 2020, Derek. And, and what, a, what a monumental year this was, and not because of just the pandemic and you and I talking through masks right now, 
But think about Illinois basketball going into the calendar year. Were they nine and five, nine and six? I can't remember what they were going into last year. Then they just turned that switch on, and it's led into this year. Iowa and Kofi come back. So as as crazy and as sad as this year has been in so many ways, 2020, the calendar year for Illinois basketball, actually has been a pretty dang good year. Um, it's, it's weird to say. It's a weird dichotomy here. But this has been a breakthrough calendar year for the basketball program, and it's going to continue into a 2021 um, that could have huge things on the horizon when you got guys like Iowa DeSumo and Kofi Coburn doing what they're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point, the fact that that was what flipped the, sc- the script. I mean, you go and you get blown out at Michigan State, but after that you, you win at Wisconsin for the first time in forever, and that just starts the domino of, of winning all those games in a row in the Big Ten and getting back in the top five of the league standings. And, of course, if it's not a, a COVID situation, you I know you go to the, the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament, who knows what would have happened. I, don't, I think we feel better about this, this group going to the Final Four than last year's team, uh, just based on what a lot of people lost. But uh, you don't get Iowa back. If, if this doesn't happen, and uh, don't don't get me wrong, watching Illinois Indiana heated rivalry in an empty arena was weird. It, it was really weird. And, and did you have? I had a moment today where I'm like, this stinks. Like yeah. you know, like it was we're watching a Big Ten game, but I was like, I'm almost getting used to this now. But I'm just thinking, like, I'm seeing some people walk by or see a couple people in a suite. I don't know which random employee from Illinois, but I can pick them out. Out of a crowd, like out of this huge stadium, and it's just it stinks that other people are not able to be here to enjoy it. So while I am very appreciative that we can be here, it's just it, it's lacking that thing. And, and kudos to Illinois because they brought the energy. Um, you know, Indiana did to, today too. But what these guys are playing through, it's just it's so different than what we had just nine months ago. Thinking to Indiana, Illinois in that game, you just miss the atmosphere and that pregame buzz. You know, you go through the the introductions and. It's just kind of dead out there. Um, I miss having, you know, maybe the the guys standing behind us who hit the hit cams a little too hard or whatever it may be, the orange crush line, and, the, and they're obnoxious or whatever. But that's part of it. It's it, just this place erupting and everything. So for Illinois to be back at this this point, it's really exciting. I know fans got to be loving watching it at home uh, from TV. But it's been a weird year. Hopefully, uh, Illinois continues the upward trajectory in 2021. We'll be there in 2021 covering the heck out of it. For Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a safe and happy new year. Uh, Enjoy Illinois basketball. We'll be back here for Purdue on January 2nd, a week from today. Everybody subscribe to the podcast. If you don't already, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast.